I V M. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we discuss the story of travelers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hi guys, I'm your host Saif and before we kick on with today's episode, a quick shout out to you, our lovely listeners. Thank you for listening, subscribing and sharing the podcast. A special mention for Rohit Gawaikar from Pune and Ankit from Nepal. You have been one of our earliest listeners and very loyal ones at that. Thank you so much for all the motivation. We really appreciate your kind words and encouragement. Now on with today's episode. Hi guys, our guest traveler today is Reshma Narasingh from the blog thesologlobetrotter.com. Reshma is an avid traveler who loves backpacking across the country and loves off-peak destinations. So sit back and enjoy as we find out where Reshma is taking us to today. Reshma, thank you so much for being a part of the Musafir Stories and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Saif. Thank you for having me on the Musafir Stories. We are very happy to have you, Reshma. Uh, thanks so much for being a part of this. And before I get off with further details... The introduction I gave about you is quite concise. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about Reshma and the Solo Globe Trotter? Uh, hi guys. So this is Reshma. I blog at uh, the Solo Globe Trotter. I am a solo traveler, and as uh, my blog's name uh, suggests, so I write about uh, solo travel. I uh, like adventure and uh, traveling uh, in the mountains. I started out as a backpacker, and uh, I, I also like traveling slow and taking one place at a time. I'm basically a content writer, editor, and a social media manager. I started this blog about uh, two and a half years ago. And uh, I've been doing it uh, full-time since uh, two years now. Awesome. Excellent. So, Reshma, with that introduction, stage set now to cover the rest of the episode. What we usually do with the Masafir stories is each week, whenever we have a guest traveler on board, uh, we request them to take us and our listeners to a new destination. So, with that in mind, where are you taking our listeners to today? Uh, yeah, that's great. So I would be taking uh, you all to Pir, which is uh, the popular uh, destination for paragliding in India, sure. located in uh, the Kangra district in Himachal Pradesh. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually want to talk about this place because um, uh, this was my first time in uh, Himachal and I ended up volunteering there with uh, Zorsil for about uh, six to seven weeks okay. and uh, I would like to uh, talk about that. Excellent. We're excited. And uh, yeah, slow travel is uh, something that we haven't had a chance to throw light on in our previous episodes. We are, so we're really happy to be covering that. And getting on with the episode, Reshma, you said this was about uh, six to seven weeks and all of that was in beer? Yeah. So it was overall about uh, three months trip. Okay. So I was on road for three months. So it started out with, uh, I actually left for Nepal for a press trip and this uh, beer thing and whatever followed was totally unplanned. Yeah. So I was just uh, working with one of the travel companies there and uh, had been to uh, a, a trek and, you know, exploring Pokhara and all the regions. So I was in, um, I was doing this uh, Poon Hill trek. 
and uh, so just then i got a message from one of my friends uh, so he said that there is a volunteering thing going on with jostel okay. and he told me that he asked me whether i was interested he thought that i would be a good fit because uh, as i like uh, traveling and staying at one place and he thought why not to try it like uh, you will have the opportunity to you know explore the place and uh, work as well as travel and since you also blog about it i think um, they would be happy to have you so i was like i was hesitant because uh, yeah i had never done volunteering for a long term before so although i had uh, you know uh, done a few things here and there i was hesitant but uh, it was himachal pradesh and i i really liked the himalayas the most so i was really tempted to you know not say no i, I was like how could i pa- pass this opportunity on so i said okay yeah <laughs> i'll send you my profile let's see what happens and and uh, just to just to be sure um, how does this work so you offer some services to zostel and return for a stay at their places that how it works yeah they basically look for something out of every person like uh, a volunteer you can offer whatever uh, you have to contribute in some positive way i mean that that adds value to the place okay. like you could uh, take over the reception or you could uh, take them uh, like you can take the guests on some uh, some of the customized tours or you can just do the hosp- hospitality part or um, like that it's up to you so they don't uh, entrust you it's not like uh, hard and fast uh, or anything so they don't uh, categorize but they expect you to uh, you know as i said contribute in one way or the other okay and then how about you uh, reshma like uh, what was your role while volunteering with zostel so mine was actually um, i did a bit of all of them they looked into my profile being a travel blogger so they said uh, like they were more interested in um, wanting a review and uh, you know they said they would uh, arrange for tours and uh, in turn they wanted me to write about it and do the social media marketing it, it became more of a campaign come volunteering with me and um, hostels in general are a good way to meet up with fellow backpackers and solo travelers i think right that was uh, that must have been a good networking opportunity as well for you definitely definitely because uh, as a solo traveler i think hostel uh, already has uh, the uh, thing in place that they don't uh, encourage group bookings i'm not sure if you know it or yeah so they don't encourage more than four people which means that uh, you'll have to you know meet new people every day and i think that's one of the best parts of uh, volunteering that i enjoy uh, that, that's another facet of um, traveling and um, st- staying with hostels right as compared to say uh, guest house or a hotel a traditional hotel uh, you don't really have that um, opportunity obviously it does come at um, a bit of privacy you have to give up, give up a bit of privacy in most of these cases but it's uh, an absolutely great way to network and make um, friends with uh, like-minded people and fellow travelers yeah so that's true and one thing on one hand comes the privacy part and the other hand comes networking so which are quite opposite right so yeah so and uh, if i if you have to ask me i am an introvert basically so i don't talk much i had never talked to so many people at once so <laughs> so it was a challenge to me so i had to uh, you know get out of my comfort zone i had to push up I mean, i had to meet random people and tell them over and over again about the place you know yeah so and when i said uh, that uh, i did uh, volunteer there and when i said i was a travel blogger so it led to even more further conversation <laughs> 
Yeah, so I used to get a lot of questions and then I bonded. I mean, I bonded over uh, travel with a lot of people. So that's one thing that I liked a lot. Excellent. So it, all in all, it turns out that um, it worked well for both of you, for both for Zostel and um, you in terms of uh, enjoying the place, networking with the people. And obviously, we will speak more about um, the things you got to see while at uh, Zostel. So uh, let's get into the thick of things. Reshma, tell us a little bit more about some of the activities you did or some of the places you saw while in Beer. Yeah, Beer, I got to, uh, you know, like um, uh, stay there as uh, local. So I, in turn, like yeah, at the end of six to seven weeks, I was, uh, so that's what happens, right? If you stay at a place for a longer time and especially if the town is very small, so you get to know every lane and different people. That's what happened with me. I I did with all the monasteries. So basically it's, um, Beer is, it's more of, uh, compared to the other towns, I think it's, I, it has a lot of uh, Tibetan influence. Yeah. So there are a lot of uh, monasteries. I did this uh, temple hopping okay. uh, quite early. Then I uh, actually got to go on a trek. So it's a day trek, uh, two treks actually. Okay. So one was um, this um, trek called Rajgunda. So it's mm-hmm. a customized uh, trek, uh, Zostal Conducts. Okay. So it's, uh, it's a village called Rajgunda. Uh, if you do it in... Uh, you know, in the beginning, like from Jan to Feb to March. So uh-huh. it, it's going to be more of a snow trek because you are going to walk on this uh, thoroughly a snow trek and it's very easy. By the time I went, I think uh, it was like uh, not much of a, much of snow was there, but uh, it was really beautiful. So I've done a couple of uh, treks uh, before. So as I said, I like, uh, you know, hiking and all this stuff. This is one of the places uh, where, uh, you know, people then, uh, if, you have, if you haven't been uh, to a place where you have not seen a snowfall or something in India, I think this is a very good place to go. So most people go to Trion. So Trion is again, uh, I think even compared to Trion, this is a far more easier trek. And uh, you get to camp for one day. So, okay, and, so it's uh, an yeah. overnight trek? Yeah, it's an overnight trek. And uh, uh, at night, the sky is really brilliant. So away from um, the town, it's first of all, there is, uh, itself is a small village and you get to go even further. I went with um, two more people who so were staying in Justin. So they also took up uh, this uh, trek and uh, we were three people with a guide and it, it got really cold in the at night and then I think uh, <laughs> yeah, we had this campfire and we ate uh, the staple food of trek that is Maggie <laughs> and uh, Masala chai, and then I think we in the morning we heard some uh, you know noises, and uh, the girl came back running. She said, "So I I think I heard the noise of some bears." Oh my god! So, <laughs> yeah, not a pleasant so noise I, to wake up to. We were really close, yeah. So, so yeah, that became a wake up uh, call actually. So we were really close, so isolated, like it's so uh, remote. So yeah. I, it was really awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and um, I'm sorry, I probably missed this out at the beginning. Uh, so, what time of the year did you do this? Uh, last year in March. Okay. So, yeah. Just yeah. a year. Uh, so, March is a good time. Uh, uh, but you said it might not be, uh, there might not be as much snow uh, if you're doing it at that time, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Bir will not see uh, snowfall much. There were some hailstorms that was so when I was there. Uh, people usually told me that they will not get it. Earlier, they used to have snowfall in Bir itself. Now, they have to go to some more, you know, uh, where the paragliding happens. There, they see a bit of snow. Okay. Yeah. So, at this point. But otherwise, it's uh, all green at this time. It's, it's not too hot. I think it's a very good time. 
Okay, excellent. And then uh, tell us a little bit more about the views you get during the trek. You mentioned that it's an easy trek. So does that also mean that you do get uh, great views while you're doing the trek? Or uh, uh, how are the views? The views are really awesome. It starts from a village. You pass through a village. You just have to cross this um, dam called Barod Dam, which used to be the one of the earliest uh, dams, hydroelectric power dam of India. Yeah, so you, I mean, uh, you can't, uh, I think, go along the entire length of the dam. You can only just uh, see because uh, for security reasons, obviously. So Barod is the first place, so you start from there. And then you pass through a small village called uh, Baragao. That's when the, uh, you know, the, you get cut off from the urban urbanization. So, yeah, like you walk through the meadows and then you pass through the river and uh, it, it's not uphill track. So, yeah, I mean, it goes uphill obviously, but uh, you will not, it's not a steep one. So, you basically keep walking for, you know, four to five kilometers before you uh, start feeling the uh, attitude. Like, it's it's not, I wouldn't use the word attitude because, like, you will not uh, notice the difference, but you would obviously be getting higher and higher. So, the views get better. We will be able to see the entire, you know, part of the Kangra Valley with all these snow-capped mountains. So, once you reach uh, to, at the top. Uh, again, but in our case, I think we started a little bit late in the afternoon and by the time we headed to the camp, like, it was almost dark. If you are there before, uh, I think you, yeah, you will get to see all the views which are really fabulous. And then, so what was your uh, pit stop for the night? Uh, where was this camp? So they have a hostel there as well. So they have okay. their, uh, yeah, so they have this really n- nice place in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, so that's, I mean, right behind us uh, is all pine tree forest. Mm-hmm. And then you have that, uh, uh, they have uh, built a complete hostel. So you can either stay inside or they, you you can you could even take your own camping gears and you can camp right in front of place okay it looks uh, it looks really convenient then it's it's just a case of carrying um, perhaps a good pair of trekking shoes uh, hiking shoes yes. and some yeah. warm clothes i guess for the road right yes. uh, that's about it yeah i mean that's what i used to tell people so once i uh, went and came back so people would ask me like what do you suggest like we want to get out of here and we are done with paragliding uh-huh. and monasteries so that is what i would uh, recommend because some uh, people hadn't uh, seen a snowfall or they just wanted to experience snow but uh, they weren't ready for uh, you know very heavy trek or something okay. and some people hadn't trekked before for these i think um, uh, ragunda is very convenient Exactly. And, and um, in terms of the hostel being like your uh, pit stop for the night, that's convenient to you. That way you don't have to carry a lot of camping gear and uh, sleeping bags and all of that. Yeah, right? you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to basically carry anything at all. Yeah. Just to have some good uh, winter clothes, that's it. And if you are up for camping, so carry your camping gear. And they also, yeah, they take you back. So once you complete um, your journey, you're so cute. And they, you would, uh, they will be picking you up. So you will come back to the paragliding landing site so okay. at the top so how does this work uh, the next morning you wake up and you trek all the way to the paragliding yeah. takeoff point right yeah yes. oh, so okay. it, it takes about uh, half a day or so depending on your speed and how how 
quickly or uh, okay, how slowly you want to do it. And then most people, what they do is they take up this trek, they camp overnight, and then the next day they come down do, doing this paragliding. Yeah, exactly. It does seem like a nice way of covering a bunch of things in, say, one event, right? You just sign up for the trek. Uh, you sign up for the trek. You kind of do the trek. You see all the a bunch of the views, and you also you get to paraglide at the end of it. Yes. That way, it's like two birds with one stone. Excellent. So that was a nice beginner's trek, I would say, and um, a perfect trek, especially given that Beer is the paragliding capital of India. Uh, it's a really nice way to enjoy a couple of good activities to do in the place. Uh, what are the things that you do while at Beer, uh, Reshma? So, as I said, um, I mean, I just spent uh, leisurely. So, I had a lot of time. So, I quickly did with uh, all this. And then, I also went to this, uh, you know, this river pool called Gunehar. Okay. And uh, the, uh, so it's uh, about like five to six kilometer walk. So from a bit takes you to uh, a river called Gunehar. Gunehar is a small, it's, a, it's more of a stream rather than a river, I would call. More than the stream, I think the trek to the place is good. You, you get to, you know, uh, pass through the green fields, especially if you are uh, there in Bir at this point, like between May and, uh, sorry, March and April. Mm-hmm. You get to see a lot of lot of views of the villages and then you pass right through the homes where you will find a lot of uh, Himachali people. So you get to see uh, the people up close. That, yeah, that's the good part of uh, this. And the other thing is... Um, Bir is a very good, I mean, the location of the uh, paragliding site, so it's, it's very, very lovely for the sunset. So, for most people, what they do, they take paragliding exactly to coincide with the time of the sunset, right? So, it's, it's really, so that's one way. So, believe it or not, I did not do paragliding. Oh. So, I yeah. <laughs> so, what, 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 was this like a wrong season or were you just not too keen? No, no, I mean. No, I actually I'm scared of heights. Ah. So yeah, but I really wanted to try it because I went and saw, and I then when I made up my mind, I think the weather was not that way, and uh, then I just thought I'll drop it. Yeah. So anyway, yes. that's another thing with the mountains, right? Uh, you never know within a fraction of the second the weather can take a turn for for the good or for the bad, right? Absolutely, yeah. Many people, I think, uh, some of them were really unfortunate because they were on limited leaves and they headed back to their places without doing paragliding. Like, many of them had just come for that. But, uh, yeah, the weather is really unpredictable. And I think uh, one of them had really come for learning there. So, you can also train yourself there. So, you can also get yourself certified, right? And then you can yeah, I think do solo solo jumps, right? You can do it by yes, yourself. Yeah, you could, tandem. yeah, tandem or, yeah, you can also do solo. So, but uh, I think he had to stay up for a few more weeks because of the weather. What's a good time? Uh, what's a good time, Reshma, to uh, paraglide? I think it's uh, except the monsoons and winter. During the monsoons and winters, it is closed, right. so you can't paraglide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, always there. And time, you know, after the snow subsides from Feb onwards, Feb end day, I think they open it up, okay. and it goes on until May, June, until the monsoons come. So I also wanted to touch upon one of the other points you mentioned um, during the trek to the river. Right. You mentioned that you passed through a few tiny villages and uh, did get a chance to meet with the people as well. So how was that experience meeting with the locals? Because in most of these touristy places, uh, I mean, not beer, but I'm saying in most of the other touristy places, you never get a chance to really interact closely with the locals there. Right. Uh, how was how was that experience? Yeah. 
that was something that I hadn't experienced before at all because I grew up in city, so yeah. I I did not know what the village life was, and I I got a chance to you know get to know people. So I even uh, what happened was uh, exactly I mean during this holy last I was there for holy, so I was um, in the hostel having uh, I mean I was doing my stuff, and then people uh, called me like one of the guys. He asked me to just come out to take me to his home. So then, on the way when I was going, so all the uh, neighbors of that place, so they all were playing holy. So they actually invited me to their place, and they did not leave me until we played holy together. <laughs> I hadn't even met them, so they were so warm and you know friendly. They asked me a lot of questions, and then they happily posed, and then. I wanted to wear the traditional dress, okay. so actually dress. Uh-huh. So then um, I also I got the chance to wear it. So she uh-huh. one of the yeah one of the uh, guys who worked at Boston. Uh, so he took me to his friend's place. So she was so you know generous that she gave her the best uh, Himachali dress, which they actually wear it in weddings. Uh-huh. She did not have it. Uh-huh. But she got it from her aunt, who was again, you know, miles away. They got it arranged all. Uh, they got it all set for me, just for me. Yeah, I think that's. So uh, they took that effort. Yeah, that, that's for, uh, That's what we also hear from time to time about the generosity and the kindness of um, a lot of the people from uh, the mountains, right? Yeah, and the villages yeah. and the villages. Uh, like I'm not yeah, basing I mean, on the... city people, but uh, somehow this appears to be the norm. In our case, in the case of city folks, it's um, it's an exception. <laughs> like you barely find a few cases here and there, but these folks, they're always so uh, welcoming and so, so cheerful all the time and so kind. Now, that, that's what I've observed in my conversations with a number of travelers that we have uh, covered in Musafir's stories as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a surprising thing for us. I think, it's uh, as you said, it's a norm. They are, uh, you know, happy and they are uh, their best. And I was really surprised at the way they treated me like one of their own. Like, I had just met them minutes before, but we bonded. I bonded with that girl. Like, we chatted. I ended up chatting with her for, uh, two, I think, two to three hours. So, I was I did not leave that place at all. Because I had that. I had all the hospitality. Like, I got... Uh, nice homemade food. I got the kangri chai, which is actually different from the masala chai. So, ah, okay. uh, they uh, prepare it, you know, they give it in a very big glass. So, which is, I had never seen, you know, tea in that big glass. <laughs> so, they just, yeah. So, and it, it really tasted so good. It's not your typical masala chai. It's not your Indian masala chai. Kangri chai? All this, yeah. Excellent. But either way, I think it's um, one of the advantages of traveling slow that you get to have these interactions with the local people, right? You're not in a rush all the time and that way yep, you can yep. enjoy a lot of these things that are quite often yeah. beat and uh, I mean, uh, it's closer to their life as well. It's it's not like made for tourists, something made for tourists. Yes, yes, yeah. And there are other two places that I just remembered that uh-huh. I need, I think I should tell. So one is uh, called the Deer Park Institute. It's in, next to the Tibetan colony in uh, Bear. This is actually an institute where they teach a lot of uh, things about, you know, Buddhism and uh, being in harmony and uh, about spirituality and stuff. So they conduct a lot of workshops uh-huh. from time to time. 
Okay. So it's a really beautiful place. It's, they have a lot of, uh, you know, a big uh, square and uh, uh, meditation hall of uh, where they have a large statue of Buddha, mm. and a lot of um, people who uh, want to take it slow, like not like the way I do, but people who are willing to, you know, get away from their uh, routine and they just want to find peace or something like that. Mm. So they usually come to this place. So okay. they also they have accommodations. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give you a bed and uh, uh, they don't give food they have this bed and then they as I said they conduct workshops they have talks where you know the uh, monks of various monks from Dharamshala Mekliot Kanj and uh, uh, they all come there and they give uh, these talks Okay. so people come to participate in them and they also have a library so it's really uh, good so and here you can volunteer as well so here also you have the opportunity to volunteer i think it's open throughout the year you again you have to specify specify what you want to do so sometimes they put it out that they are specifically looking for uh, say for example want someone to look after their library or they just want somebody to look into their gardens or something but otherwise you are free to i mean if you have any skill you can always put it out so you can they have you can check it on their website so they have a website so if you are interested in you know if you have time i think uh, it's one of the best ways to again explore the randy places around you to just volunteer if, uh, volunteer for a few hours mm-hmm. uh, per day okay. and they would in turn provide you bed of course mm-hmm. and just being at that place is so positive so because that having that chanting in the background and that all those vibrant flowers and mountains right in front of you i think that's a really good place uh, that's another place where you can spend a lot of time excellent and uh, this is called the deer park is it yeah the deer park institute we will include links to all of these places with the volunteering opportunities as well there so check those out in the show notes section of the podcast um and what was the other place you mentioned reshma yeah so the other uh, place is called darmalaya okay so darmalaya is uh, located on top of a hill so you are uh, getting to that place again is a bit of an adventure it's a nice adventure like you know you have to do a small hike uh, which is steep which is uh, which is an uphill walk up uh, amazi mountains okay. so again you will pass through trees forests and all that so you can also get by road of course but uh, my guide took me to that place yeah so darmalaya they are into development and learning so they have this uh, tradition where they are building homes like not a home per se they are building uh, buildings mm-hmm. using the mud and all the mortar and from the place so they dig that place and they you make use of all that they uh, themselves prepare whatever is required then they uh, you know wrap it up so instead of uh, a typical cement coating you would uh, see the mud coated walls okay. they have built a main building which was again built by volunteers so now they have they were building a couple of uh, new things like new uh, i think two to three more structures they take up that their mission is to uh, create uh, something out of whatever is already there you know natural okay. resources so so more like uh, eco friendly and just uh, yeah, sustainable eco-friendly. right yeah Yes, sustainability and eco-friendly. Yeah, so they are more into social causes. They focus on yoga, meditation, and they also have a library. They have a whole building which is really, really beautiful because it's yeah, it's so simple that you will you will not find any uh, you know the modern uh, decor or anything. But right. it's totally made of you know mud, but it's really pretty. So you could you can actually see the view of Kangra Valley from the top. There they have this meditation hall, and there they conduct yoga. 
and they have this uh, small and you know short and long term courses and workshops and volunteering they have a lot of activities uh, so where you have the opportunity you know you can be there for a minimum of a week up to 3 weeks or 4 weeks you can take part in the sustainable construction or uh, you can uh, help them in their day to day maintenance or again similar to the deer park you they have a set of activities that can be done but dharmalaya has uh, more of uh, you know uh, structured activity so they are more uh, they are very methodic so that's what i observed like i was just reading i i think i remember a bit of it like uh, it starts right very early in the morning and i think about around 4 to 5 pm in the evening you are free so you are um, supposed to do participate in activities and all that so it's again a really a good place if you want to you know spend time so i think uh, india has uh, very few places that's what i feel like i was looking up for volunteering mm-hmm. i think these days it's uh, it's becoming good that um, there are a lot of places and opportunities where uh, you know uh, people who want to travel and combine travel and you know get some experience can uh, yeah right so because it was not like this earlier yeah, so that's it's very, very good true. Yeah, it's true, and uh, I think it's a good thing. It's a good way to one like give back to the society and take part in social causes in a lot of places. At the same time, you also get to travel, right? So it's it's a really Definitely. good thing that it's uh, picking up slowly. Yes, yeah. And and by the sounds of it, by what you've been explaining, uh, Bear does sound like. Um, a really really nice place with a bunch of diverse activities right it's not just i mean it's been labeled as the paragliding capital of india but besides paragliding there's so much more to see the nature of course uh, and there's uh, a bunch of monasteries and given the tibetan influence there there's a number of temples and then now you mentioned the deer park and the activities that the uh, dharmalaya has to offer so uh, i think all in all it's a really nice place so one doesn't really have to look at it just from an adventure or adventure sport yeah speaking like of adventure right? yeah so, uh, yeah i forgot to add uh, it's a great place for cyclists so okay. yeah so there's more <laughs> yeah yeah there's more yeah i just remember because uh, when i was there there was this um, marathon happening so two of them like uh, half marathon full marathon and uh, cycling competition this is the peak season as i said right so feb to uh, may so it opens up and i think i can name it as you know the high season for bear i think people came from you know from europe and america and were not to participate just in that marathon yeah i agree and and uh, even yeah. the paragliding world cup happened there in 2015 i believe so it yeah, is yeah, quite a hot spot for um, a lot of these adventure activities like, like paragliding and uh, cycling and all of that as you mentioned as well uh, so thank you so much for uh, taking time out and uh, explaining this in detail and i'm sure you enjoyed it even more uh, given that you had a opportunity to slow travel in the place that way you're not rushing through a lot of places uh, so you had a better view of life in beer but if i had to ask you one memorable moment from this trip i know it's uh, a long stay that you had there and it's uh, probably a little difficult question but uh, what would that be Reshma, if I had to ask you one memorable moment from the trip, I think watching the sunset. So every day, I mean, whenever I could, yeah, I used to just walk, hike, and uh, you know, there is there was uh, there was this uh, 
few points i mean that i just uh, named it because uh, i used to walk up until uh, you know for a few kilometers uh, and i would just uh, sit there watching you know just me and uh, the sun uh, setting and you know the mountains in the background so there were i really love sunsets a lot and uh, these were some of the best that i've had and uh, i was fortunate and lucky enough to have them over and over again so for many days yeah so i think that's the best part yeah, i can think of excellent thank you so much and um, tell us how our listeners can follow your work reshma yeah i have my blog solo globe trotter and you can follow me on facebook instagram twitter and pinterest so i am there as uh, reshma narsing on twitter and on facebook as the solo globe trotter so and about uh, all these places i've uh, written in detail about volunteering and uh, about all the places that you can visit and i also have written about uh, uh, i mean how uh, you can apply for volunteering uh, you can uh, anybody who is interested can you know just contact because i have written on the details i'm not sure if they still do it at this point i'm sorry i did not check it before but uh, if not that you can still look up for uh, dharmalaya and the deer park institute and how you can do uh, things apart from paragliding of course Absolutely we will include all of these links in the show notes section of the podcast so anybody interested can go uh, check out all the blog posts that Reshma has written as well as the uh, links to the respective institutes about um, volunteering opportunities and activities in general that those institutes have Reshma thank you so much for taking us and our listeners on this beautiful journey through this little quaint town or uh, I don't know if I can even call it a town it's a probably a village Uh, called Bir and uh, showing us these beautiful views of the Daladar mountain ranges the other trees uh, giving us a sample of the food and the culture of the Himachali people and of course not to forget lots of adventure activities that one can indulge in in terms of paragliding and cycling and what not so thank you so much and we look forward to hearing more from you and reading more from you and your blog the sologloptrotter.com thank you reshma Thank you Saif thank you for having me here and I really hope that you enjoyed listening to my stories and volunteering and uh, it was uh, a really a pleasure to have this conversation and uh, wish you all the best thank you so much Reshma that was yet another great episode of the Vasafir stories if you guys like the show please subscribe to us on iTunes or Apple podcasts audioboom seven pocket casts Castbox, Stitcher, or any other podcasting app available on iOS or Android. Please do leave us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way in the show's discoverability. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We go by the handle The Musafir Stories. Or if it suits you, you could email us at themusafirstories at gmail dot com or visit our website at www dot themusafirstories dot com. for more information all of these links will be made available in the show notes section of each episode so here's to more traveling sharing and inspiring stay tuned for our next episode until then happy travels and goodbye